0: It's uh everything I dreamed of. I do know to tell my dad that I love him. I still don't know what just happened. I'm just so grateful. Just so grateful for the opportunity to play
1: this game. A legacy is not what you give people, it's what you put inside people, but also what they put inside of me.
2: Hey everyone, welcome to Beyond the Locker Room with Maria Maria Precicis here. Um we take these on Wednesday with uh t-bone here and it's 6 30 in the morning trevor's like let's do it at 7 30 i'm like my time or yours but anyway uh trev good to see you uh let's jump right into it with t-bone steak
0: sorry to get you up so early but you did say anytime.
2: time <laughs> i did say anytime. time and i have been i always say it's the hardest i've ever worked at the nfr but this year really is but everyone does it so you can't complain we're blessed to be here we're having a ball and um Yeah, I'm doing all these behind-the-scenes stories for NFR 360. You can find them on the official NFR Experience page on Facebook. Anyway, there's my little plug. But no, it's going great. Haven't been fishing here, obviously, working with Cowboys. But um, another great week. I want to start with what we were just talking about before we started recording. Uh, Three passes is all it took for New England to beat Buffalo. Buffalo is a good team this year.
0: They really are. uh, I like the interview after the game with the coach and he kind of was like, do you really want to glorify Belichick's win? Or like both teams played pretty terrible on a whole. And I believe the wind was up to like 40 miles an hour. Did you see that kick at the beginning of the game? Oh yeah. So So the guy, the the guy in warmups kicked it. And I mean, he kicked it into the wind and it was like, you just like hit the wind and came right back at him. It was, it was insane. I've never seen anything like it. Usually those are like the snail games that you're really interested in, but that was a straight wind.
2: Well, a buddy of mine who does sky cam and robos and all, and he did Sam old great friend of mine. He was, he had to leave the rodeo to fly to do the bills game. And he was like, the winds, there's no sky cam. There's no nothing. It was just, he said it was crazy.
0: God, I didn't even think about the sky cams either. But, yeah, I mean, three running – I mean, sorry, three passing plays. You're never going to see that again. No, no,
2: three. (laughs) I mean, three. It's a rookie quarterback. He's doing great, but three. And then uh, I have to say on all the shows, they were like, we're praying for a New England-Tampa Bay Super Bowl. One of the guys on Get Up was just like – we're praying for that. Think of that. That would be
0: kind of cool. Yeah, what if Belichick had something else to say. It was like, yeah, we didn't give up any of our passing game either. Oh. <laughs> like, Jesus.
2: Well, because he had guy. three of them. But anyway, and then uh, moving well, on, we got to like, go. Gardner Minshew, you told me because I didn't see the game because I was working. Oh, You're like, did you yeah, see the guy- what he wore there? And he was in for Jalen.
0: And hello. when? Win. The guy is a, a legend. He dressed up like, uh, what's, uh, Tom Cruise's character in Top Gun. Um, anyway, okay. yeah. Maverick, I guess Maverick. we'll go find his call sign. He dressed up like Maverick. He came in, got a big win. Jalen didn't play. Obviously he, he was like 20 for 25. At one point he was like 15 for 15 with two touchdowns. And he came up with a big win. And at the interview, uh, the interview at the end, they asked him, uh, you know, he's like, "What's up with your outfitter?" He's like, "Oh, I I take everything seriously. I never mess around." I mean, the guy's just a class act. He's hilarious. He had nothing but praise for Jalen Hurts, and uh, yeah, it was a great win, and I'm very happy about it. I, and then he had a really big moment with his dad after the game, where he was hugging I, his dad, kind of like I I, I kind of shed a tear on that one. It was just kind of cool to see. Yeah, um, i I'm watched very that. happy for him.
2: He was like punching him you know happy punch punch. how do you I mean Jalen of course is going to be the starting quarterback but how great that now you have such a back great
0: backup that you didn't you knew you had but I I just want to go back to what you know our general manager said we're a quarterback factory okay let's not forget those awesome words that he'll never live down But yeah, it was just cool to see a guy with energy like that get the win and not take away from the locker room. You know, there's a lot of fans that are like, oh, there's a quarterback controversy. It's like, no, the guy said that Jalen's the number one. And Jalen, they drive each other for great competition. And who does not like to see them hug their dad with character like that after? It's just like so it's so warming. You know, it's good to see. And like he got traded from Jacksonville, who's a total mess probably thought he wasn't going to be doing very well. And then he has a game like that where, I mean, teams will probably look at that too and be interested. So his stock's up in my book. Well, of course. And his his outfit is absolutely unreal. (laughs) Like if you haven't seen any of his outfits, just look at like his history on the internet. And he wears like blade glasses with American flag bandanas and American flag shorts, no shirt with like a (laughs) mullet. (laughs)
2: <laughs> and the the mustache, the 80s called, they want it back, but he's great. And I have to um say, by the way, today we're going, I sat down with Tom Drugas, who's from Sun Valley, Idaho. He's a realtor there. He got drafted in the first round. He talks about Oregon and then the teams he played in. He played on the Ravens, but they were not the Baltimore Ravens. I mean, sorry, he uh, played with the Colts. I'm all next time. It's still 6 30. Anyway, they but were the, uh, stay tuned for that. The Baltimore were
0: they were they the Baltimore Colts then? Is that
2: no? I think they were. Oh God, I'm so embarrassed. Um, Baltimore, they were, I think the Baltimore Colts. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Anyway, he played for Miami
2: too. And he has a great story back then without social media and all of that, and the war was going on. So you got to stay tuned for that. But back to you after That's Garden cool. Menthew Mania, uh, San Francisco, big choke.
0: Oh my God. They did what the Eagles did a couple of weeks ago. Like they had three wins in a row. All they got to do is take the next step to like solidify a playoff run. And they just couldn't do it. They just threw up a big dud. And I will tell you what, like Seattle and San Francisco, that division, they just really slug it out every game. Like it went down to the last play and it's like, uh, yeah, I was watching Russell Wilson. I'm like, just please score. Just please score for Maria. <laughs> please. I know. And we then they stop them I and fumble. <laughs> go all the way I, down. I was like, Oh my God. But it was a really good game. Um, lots of people are saying that they want to have Trey Lance, the backup quarterback in for San Francisco. So they see what they need and they can just get rid of Jimmy G, which is unfortunate. But like, if you have a quarterback, that's good. Like Trey Lance and you can use them on a rookie contract. Why not go out there and get other pieces to the puzzle? So.
2: I know, and where's Russell yeah. going to go? He won. not a great season. I don't.
0: They're saying they're saying it's uh, New Orleans now, oh, and Philadelphia.
2: Yeah. Well, yeah.
0: yeah, I could go. New Orleans is a cool place. I like New Orleans.
2: But if they go Philly, Russell. what's going to happen to now? Their two great quarterbacks.
0: Uh, I want Garner Mitch you. He'll be gone. Uh,
1: yeah. Probably no keep Jalen
0: Hurts. Who knows? You probably have to trade him and like two of your first round picks. And yeah, it's interesting.
1: There,
0: we'll see.
2: There, there are a lot of talks obviously going on already. But yeah, Seattle went. And then okay, I was so emotional. You said you cried with the hug with Gardner's uh dad. Detroit got their first that win and cool. the guy in the locker room there. Yeah, I mean the guys in the locker room were just it was, was, like was like they cool. won the Super
0: Bowl. Yeah, I think that coach, he's a really good coach, and I think he uh he identifies with the players a lot. Like he, he cried after a loss earlier this season when they lost in um, the final seconds of the field goal. And I think after the game, this game, they dedicated that win to the uh, the school that had the shooting, which I thought was really cool too. Yeah. And I think it's, it's, I, it just goes to show that it's, it's bigger than a sport when, when stuff like this happens, you know? Well, and, and I think it's, yeah, sorry, go ahead.
2: No, no, they, it's funny cause I did two stories with the Cowboys here, the actual rodeo Cowboys giving back one to a pediatric children's foundation. I'll even put the links below. Um, and another with an autism foundation. And it was, I mean, I was in tears cause I was
0: just yeah. like,
2: and then these guys and, you know, just to sh- give them a shout out to the, the horrible shooting in school and all that these NFL players do. I mean, yeah, they make a lot of money. They have, you know, a lot more downtime in the off season, But even during the season, they make it, you know, they make it work and they all have foundations and it is amazing to, you know, the give
0: back that they all have. Yeah. I, I think it's super important that they, you know, they, uh, that they did that they give back and they, they let fans know that it's more than just a game and that they have lives and they they care about stuff. It's not just about just football or, you know, whatever it's, it's, it's more than a game it's about life it's about giving back and it's about helping out about community and like if you're an impact player you make impact statements you make impact plays and you also make impact you know statements in your community and i think that's super important and it's very good to see i'm going to reiterate that very important to see these guys give back and i think that yeah and i'll be crying at the commercials all the time
2: well yeah and i have to say uh tom drugas when he's on i'm not sure if it's in this sex this section or the next but He talks about, you know, back then they didn't make enough to be able to take time off and give back. And he he goes, we have to go find a job in the (laughs) offseason. Oh, man. (laughs) What? I know. Isn't it crazy? Uh, Colts and and Texans.
0: I guess you could just get drafted to war, too, if you didn't get a job. Well, yeah. So he was, yeah, at least he (laughs) was playing football. True. Yeah. Uh, So the Colts absolutely uh, shut down the high offensive Texans, isn't that crazy? Yeah. They just like not shut him down. I had no not at all. <laughs> um, I was like,
2: wait, I know I'm tired, Texans, but yeah, okay. The irony
0: yeah. of it all. Yeah, the Texans have been playing uh horribly. They took out Tyrod Taylor too, their starting quarterback. Now they're going with the guy behind him. And uh I think that the Colts keep on getting better with uh they let Carson Wentz manage the game. They don't really, you know, put too much pressure on him. So he has like 150 throwing yards. He hands the ball off to Jonathan Taylor, who runs for like, you know, three touchdowns to five touchdowns a game. And I think that's really building Carson's confidence. And I think that they're uh, they're going to be a good team in the playoffs. But the problem is, is like a lot of people don't trust his arm and they're not using it enough. But in further down the road, he's going to have to make those plays. And I think people are a little worried about those throws. So we'll see.
1: And are he he you still on, the I have, You're still on
0: the oh, Wentz yeah. wagon? Oh, yeah. I was just about to say I have absolute 110% confidence in that guy. And there was a guy in the bar here that was from Indiana, and I asked him how he liked Carson Wentz trade, and he said, I think it's the worst move we've done in years. And I'm telling these people, like, they're going to win a Super Bowl with this guy and, like, not even appreciate him. It's, like, <laughs> so bad. I was like, dude. Well, at least he's not
2: getting booed like it. Baker. So, well, you know. Yeah.
0: Yeah, boo that man. Baker's a tough guy. We we all know that though.
2: Yes, I still, yeah. no matter and if you love or hate Baker, I love his commercials. They're hilarious.
0: I, I can't stand his commercials. I know. I think
2: they, they're they're funny. they're
0: okay. So that they're funny, but they just they're on like two commercials every segment. You know, oh yeah. Like, okay. Uh, they're on man. a
2: lot. They're on a lot.
0: Yes, so, uh, they are.
2: Rams. Yeah, they're back to form. Their coach is on I a funny so. ad too, but anyway.
0: I love, I love Sean McVay. He's pretty hot too. He's got a great haircut. If I could, yes. I next haircut, Sean McVay <laughs> haircut. I'm going to have my clipboard too. You can but be in a, a Campbell's Chucky suit pad.
2: That's what it is.
0: Exactly. No, the they problem look with good. The Rams, they look good, but they're playing Jacksonville, and they have this really, su- like, the Rams have a superpower of beating crappy teams. When they need to turn that superpower into beating good teams.
2: Well, they're also going to be on Monday Night Football this week. Oh, yeah. They're playing Arizona, too. Good point. So who are you going
0: to take in that game?
2: I'm taking Arizona. I'm going Arizona.
0: Although Uh, I would love
2: to see, like all the guys on ESPN, I would love to see uh, New England and Tampa Bay. But I'm kind of on the Arizona bandwagon. My boyfriend's son is a big fan, so. And we're I still like, going to get like, Carson uh, Palmer on the show.
0: Yeah. I like, uh, what's his face too? Kyler Murray is unreal. He got drafted as a first round baseball player too. I know.
2: That's, no. how can he get drafted as both? That's amazing. That means what an I, athlete. So.
0: He's that good, you know, but he wanted yeah. to be like a superstar. So he went to the NFL.
2: Who do you want to take on that game? Rams in Arizona.
0: Oh, Arizona all the way. Okay. I think the Rams are good, but I just this could be the, the game, the come out game for them though. You know, like, Hey, we, we beat Arizona boys. Let's go.
1: Let's yeah. Let's go
0: the rest of the season. We're ready to go. <laughs> You're like, okay. Okay. And,
1: and then uh, uh,
0: I, go then ahead. we go on to the dolphins here? Yeah. They're hot. They're uh, like, Tua just they've been saying they wanted to trade him for Deshaun Watson all year. And it's just like, he's like, no, I don't want to go to Texas. Keep, keep me, please.
2: Yeah, he, had, and, he was on a uh, few interviews this week on all the sports shows because I will admit I had to watch all highlights uh, since I'm working yeah. in Vegas. And but he was just like, he goes, "I love this team. Let's make it work."
0: I think I'm impressed that like their their defense playing so well. Yeah, and I think the teams like take them for granted. They're like, "Oh, no, it's Dolphins. They suck." No, they don't.
1: <laughs> Your
0: team does. <laughs> it's just a. Uh, I have you ever been to Miami? Great place too. i only like I've went to their stadium. It's so awesome. I watched a University of Miami game there. And then University of Miami introduced their new coach and they gave him a jersey that was like the size of a kid's jersey. Did you see that clip? It was hilarious. No, I, was like, I did uh, not see this? that. It was like a kid's jersey. It was hilarious. Oh, that's funny. But no,
2: go dolphins. They're, you know, yeah. I mean, obviously yeah. they're not gonna win the Super Bowl this year, but two is happy you know. and that's good, and he's doing well.
0: And then like a quick one with the Dolphins, uh, or sorry, Jacksonville. With their loss against the Rams, that puts them one step closer to having the number one pick overall. That's about all I have for them.
2: Yeah, (laughs) that's about enough said with that. It says they
0: stink, too. They stink, too. I wrote next to it.
2: I know. I see that. They stink. You have, I love Trevor's notes. They are hot. They stink. I'm going right to... I was just watching this morning, Jerry Jones. So it's Washington at Dallas this week, Dallas at Washington, I should say. And Jerry Jones is like, you know, we got it. He, he was talking kind of round and round. And then he was like, we have to make some adjustments, but minor adjustments, minor. And then Dax has thrown three touchdowns and three interceptions, but they have played three games in 12 days. Yeah,
0: uh, I feel like off a bye week.
2: It's going to be a good yeah, game.
0: Yeah, I feel. I feel like the Cowboys get no style points this week for a win. They didn't look that good. Like I just don't know what the problem is, and I think that the Washington football team—they're looking pretty good too. Um, I don't think that they'll beat Dallas twice or win the division or anything. That's a far reach, but um, you know, I just—I don't think that the—I I guess they got a couple guys on COVID too. Um, they're getting. Uh, Demarcus Lawrence back on the D line, so they should be looking better. But it's like they're not looking better. This like happens every year with the Cowboys. They do great in the beginning. They beat the teams they are supposed to beat. They crush the Eagles always first game, and then um they kind of like decide to go to La La Land or something like that, and then they they drop a couple games. And I I don't know. I just
2: yeah. yeah everyone was talking I, Cowboys. They look, they to look the Super Bowl at the beginning. They look
0: so sloppy. They look so sloppy.
2: But yeah, it's Jared like Jones always in the
0: NFC East. Yeah, the yeah, NFC it's East not... is so bad too.
2: I was gonna say it's the worst one, the NFC East. I
0: know. It's so like, yeah, you guys crush the division. That sucks. It's like you guys, it's not good, <laughs> you know. But yes, this they need to true. pull it together. And McCarthy is was sidelined by COVID, and Amari Cooper finally came back with COVID, and then uh, C.D. Lamb had a concussion. He no, played. they're they're battling think-
2: injuries and the COVID thing. Wait, yeah. we have to jump off your list for a second. Did we okay. talk about it last week? The um, the COVID, uh, the vaccination, fake vac- vaccination cards with Tampa <laughs> Bay guys.
0: Oh my god! Is that god, true? That I haven't seen a- the follow up. Yeah. So so what I ha- uh so, a- what is it? Antonio Brown. Yeah, Antonio. Quite Brown. a quite a character. Had a couple of run-ins the last couple of years. We don't need to get into it. But from what I've heard is that he didn't pay his private chef. And so his private chef was really upset about it, not getting paid, obviously, because that's rude. So he leaked to the press that he heard Antonio Brown talking about getting a fake vaccination card. Boom. What do you know? My oh. phone fell over. And then he has a fake vaccination card. It's like, dude, what are you doing? Yeah. And then they're like, they're like, he like, he, he completely disrespected Tom Brady and, and Bruce Arians. I'm like, oh my God, this is so not good for him. It's like, they let you back in to football to be with Tom Brady. And then you just go and spit in Tom Brady's face. Well, Bruce Arians was like,
2: he has one more <laughs> chance. This is before this. And now they're like, and again, he has one more chance.
0: <laughs> yeah, he has one more chance. And then he gets in an argument with like some crazy person that, or he's the crazy person. That, and I don't even know like what to believe it's like what are you doing man yeah
2: one more chance
0: you yeah that, that one was crazy no. <laughs> but yeah so we'll
2: see what happens there i mean they're he's a good player so do you keep i just
0: think the thing yeah. is is like i i mean he you can keep him but like he's just such a volatile player and like he brings so much non-unwanted football drama to your team your locker room and even with a leader like tom brady who's going to take the leadership role, and you still have stuff like this going on. And it's like, I mean, I would probably just keep them and be like, all right, we're going to win the Super Bowl, and then you're gone, dude.
2: Yeah. I would too, so, but
0: just to win. Yes. But anyway, exactly.
2: uh, Chiefs playing good. Chiefs are playing Yeah.
0: Them. The Chiefs silenced the Broncos. I know. The, the, the Broncos got the ball first to set the tone. And what they do, they went three and out and then got scored on. That's how you set the tone. It's like, ouch, ouch. I And they were only one game. They were one game back in the division on, uh, on, uh, on the chiefs too. The chiefs are really strung together, like wins. They look good.
2: I mean, it's still on all these different divisions, you know, so many teams 500 or, you know, have six wins or going for the wild card and going for the playoffs, depending on what division you are. So it's still, as I keep saying, a bonker season this week, uh, not too many big surprises, but do you think? Uh, let's go to Pittsburgh. Do you think Big Ben, they won over Baltimore?
0: And let's I talk about that, Big Ben. Uh, and
2: then what's wrong with Lamar? I
0: like, I like that Big Ben. I thought he probably should have retired like a couple years ago, but I think he's just so tough and he loves Pittsburgh and he'll never go to another team. So it's his farewell tour. I think that's super cool. Um, I loved Tomlin's interview. After the game, he called uh, the Ravens predictable. It was pretty funny. He said, all they do is go off of analytics, so that they're pretty predictable. I was like, oh, ouch. <laughs> and on top of that, Lamar's yeah, Lamar's not playing very well. He's been sick, and he's, he threw four interceptions last week, the last couple weeks, and yeah. one game. And... <laughs> I think the the injury bug on their team is so bad too. If you've if you've looked at their I mean they just lost another cornerback for the season. I think his knee. It's just the yeah, attrition is is really they're just getting beat up. And yeah, I don't again, know why
2: beginning of the season. Like, oh, Ravens are in, you know, and now it's who knows. I just
0: think they've lost too many pieces to the puzzle. And now they're trying to use Lamar as like when, when he's unpredictable, that's when he's at his best, but now he's kind of predictable. So now it's like, they know what he's doing. You know, it's like, what do you do? When your best players predictable? You're like, oh, great. Like, what do we do?
2: Yeah. When he wins after throwing a bunch of interceptions.
0: Yes. Like four um, interceptions in a game is not a good thing.
2: Yeah. So he's predictable to win with four interceptions, which is not great because you can't win all the time with four interceptions.
0: No, he's got a 2-0 record when he throws three-plus interceptions in a game, though. I know. We talked about that. That's so crazy. We talked about
2: that last week, yeah. So, uh, Tampa Bay, you know, I'm on the Brady-Tam bandwagon.
0: Yeah, we'll look at uh, Gronk. He hooked up with Gronk twice this weekend, that, yeah. that tiny little six six two 260-pound man. Gronk like,
2: is at his best right about now. He's That's what well, all think- the chit chat is.
0: He cracked his ribs and I think you know, I'll tell you what, like it sucks to crack your ribs, but like taking four weeks off in the middle of the season to come or like six weeks, I re, I can't remember how long he took off, but they're still winning and he's you know coming back with fire and he's gonna be good. And I think that being healthy later in the season is way more important than having more touchdowns, you know, like if you have your health with your best players. That's, you know, and it's, it's such a crapshoot with, with injuries too. Like we we're just talking about Baltimore. Like they are just, they lost two of their starters in preseason in the same day within 15 minutes. It's Like, ouch.
2: Well, and they're saying Gronk, it was his first year back. You know, how do you come out of retirement? Even if it's one year or five year, you know, five's a little, I'm making that up, but it's like, how do you come out of retirement? He was a little green still last year. I mean, when you don't play yeah. and practice and all of that. So, but now he's getting, you know, he's healthy and I, I love him. I love
0: Brady DeGrom. Yeah. Yeah, me too. They're hilarious. Their commercials are hilarious too. That oh, yeah. one, that T Mobile one. Yes. Just take it easy. Don't just go to Miami and play golf. I'm coming to Florida with you. Except for it was Tampa Bay. Sorry. That's <laughs> such a great commercial. But and like uh, the Bengals this weekend really threw up a dud too. The Chargers just rolled them the first like first quarter. Twenty-four straight points, and the then Bengals come back twenty-two straight points, and then uh, Chargers just rolled them again, and it was they scored like twelve straight points. It was, yeah, I don't know. Uh, the uh, Joe Burrows is up and down, and I don't know what's going on with the bungles. I like to say that
2: <laughs> the bungles—that's a good one.
0: <laughs> yeah, he just Joe forces two bad throws in the red zone, and then they're out of it. And I think that Justin Herbert is like so good it's just like he's just like second year and he just crushing
2: yeah no I sophomore like
0: him. slump for that guy yeah he's got a good I like haircut him a lot for... lock like him i like you a lot
2: what else is on your list we've jumped around a bit and i have to thank trevor because he watches all the games and the last two weeks i haven't been able to watch hardly at all but keep up and you know it's coming into the home stretch for the season and the playoffs, yeah. there's a lot riding on a lot of
0: games. I think that the big one that stuck out was uh like the Bills are going downhill and the Patriots are going uphill. It's like, can they still win the AFC, the Bills? Because it's been the Patriots division for the last since Tom Brady. And then he left and the Bills emerged for a year, won the division. They're like, it's this guy's division forever. Josh Allen's the man. And now it's like, uh, <laughs> no. I don't know about that. I mean, you got I, a yeah. rookie quarterback playing. It's just insane. Like, it, the coaching, I, I, yeah, I just don't even know how to explain it. You know, it's like it's like you're playing your chess coach. You know, <laughs> you're like, oh, I already taught you that, so I know you're going to do this. You're like, God, I can't beat well, this I'm, guy.
2: The Bills are at Tampa Bay, so it's going to be nicer weather than up in Buffalo, and I just don't see them winning that game.
0: Uh, if they do, I think that'll be a really, really good step for the Buffaloes confidence. And yeah, the, of uh, the overall lookout for that team, because they did not look too good or too happy about losing to the Patriots. I mean, like they ran up, the, but did you see the guy walk out on the interview? Yes. The, I did the see defensive that guy. <laughs> He's like, Hey, were you embarrassed about how your, uh, rush defense work? He's like, what? See ya. We just like walked out. I was like, I know. I was like,
2: don't go into an interview. I mean, coming from media, that's what I do. Don't go into an interview if you're gonna be
0: cranky and leap. I mean, well, I know they have to kinda, go in, but yeah. Like, leave an open-ended question. Be like, are you were you guys a little embarrassed about the way you guys played the run today? Yeah. Yes. We were. Hey, you, you should be embarrassed about the way you play. Or, you know, it's like, ouch, man. I thought that was pretty rude. It but, was rude. Uh,
2: did we make the pick when we talked about Dallas earlier? Dallas at Washington? I think Washington's going to get it. They're on a roll, even though Dallas came Do off you? my week. I'm going with Washington, just
0: because. I'm going to go with Dallas. I'm going with Dallas.
2: Uh, I I'm was Nathan, uh, so. here. I did not go to the Vegas game, but Vegas is at Kansas City. That's a good look for
0: you. That's going to be – I think that uh, Kansas City will probably take that game.
2: Any other – we haven't talked about Aaron Rodgers. Uh, Greeny on Get Up was saying Tom Brady is the GOAT, but Aaron Rodgers
0: is the boat, the best of all time.
2: There's a new one for you. Oh,
0: yeah. Well, yeah, I guess Jordan loves on COVID protocol. And then uh, they're having a little – issue and with his toe so hopefully everything will be okay. I think it will though.
2: <laughs> That's all I'm saying about that. Anything else before I wrap it up? You got to go to work oh, here at Grumpys and I gotta go to work here in Vegas.
0: Just have fun and be responsible and uh I'll catch you next week. I'm so
2: responsible and thanks to my man for my beautiful flowers. Thank you, John. And sits here says hi, Mrs. Trevor.
0: <laughs> this is my fish. This is uh Gary the fish.
2: Gary the fish, met. Sid the sloth. Yep. All right, Gary we'll stick everyone.
0: Actually...
2: Oh, I love it. All right, uh, Thank you. Tom Drugas coming up right now. You don't want to miss it. Welcome, everyone. I am with Tom Drugas, a family friend, of course, and a Greek man. How much Greek are you, by the way? Three quarters. Three quarters. I always thought it was half. My apologies. All right. Well, we've got three quarters and a full, so we're looking good. So I talked to my brother in the first episode, and it's all about Greeks playing football. Did you have the entourage of all the Greek aunts and moms and grandmas like on the sideline
1: with you when you played? Um, mostly just my mom and dad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: My Here's a funny story. My sister's husband, George played high school football and his mom is Greek Greek from Greece. And she used to run up and down the sidelines. I think in like a dress and shoes, like
1: my mom didn't do that. My (laughs) mom didn't either. I wouldn't have let her come.
2: (laughs) I know. Not funny. So when did you start playing football?
1: Uh, You know, I guess elementary school, uh, you know, just basically, uh, you know, recess kind of football. And, um, You know, the one thing that's interesting, my friends ended up, you know, a number of friends ended up playing Pop Warner football. Uh, I was not eligible to play Pop Warner because I was too big. (laughs) What's Pop Warner? Pop Warner was was a kind of a, I don't know, some kind of a club football where you could play full pads, tackle football as a little kid. So this, you know, I didn't get to do it until... Uh, high school i guess i just played school f- uh flag football and uh so my friends got to put on the pads and i couldn't because i was too big <laughs> and so but once i got to be a freshman in uh, high school then uh i was off and running
2: oh that's so funny well i was talking to mark rippon a few weeks back and he said you know playing in junior high all the kids are so many different um you know heights and weights that it would be good to you know, kind of level out the playing field. So they did with you and just didn't let you play.
1: (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) you're too big. You're too much of a liability out there. Yeah, (laughs) that's so funny.
2: So you just started playing. Did you have heroes back then when you were young, when you started playing or people that inspired you and thought, I want to be like him?
1: Yeah, kind of. My dad had played college football at University of Oregon when he was uh, a freshman. And then he and a number of his friends all, you know, uh, took a gap, so to speak, I guess, and went to the war. And uh so yeah, he nice ended up, Yeah. So he ended up going uh, you know, uh into the army and uh they a number of his friends who came back, he uh he was not able to play uh because he came back with three purple hearts. And uh wow. so, you know, he he managed to do other things quite well athletically, but Football wasn't in the cards. But among his teammates, who remained a good friend of his uh, you know, all of their lives was Norm Van Brocklin, who was a, a famous quarterback that came out of Oregon and had an NFL career. And so I'd kind of grown up, you know, knowing Norm when he'd, you know, come to the house and my dad and he would go on their fishing trips and things like that. So that was kind of my, my, uh, my NFL um you know, connection, and uh, you know. Then I went on to to you know play in high school.
2: So tell me about your high school career. Uh, what position? How big were you? Tell me about that.
1: Um, I played offensive tackle and defensive end, and um, I guess my I, I was pretty big, as I said early. So I mean, I think as you know, start playing when the varsity starting as a sophomore and I think I was like around six, four and, Oh, you know, skinny, a lanky kind of guy. I think I was like about 215, 15 or something like that. Cause I, I, I played football and then I played basketball and, and ran track as well. Actually I didn't, I mostly threw, but I did run, I run an event uh, in the four forty relay as well
2: um so you were fast
1: yeah I was fast you have to be fast to get into the NFL <laughs>
2: yeah well that too <laughs> that too but. So,
1: so anyway so so yeah so I played high school football and uh I had actually a um really fun coach a guy named Mouse Davis who uh ended up being an NFL coach and coached at Portland State I mean had quite a quite an illustrious, uh, career, you know, in football and was a very inspirational fun coach. And so that was kind of, you know, that was part of what maybe I, you know, gave me some of the fun of it. I I don't know. I always had a hard time. Like, is this really fun? Because it really hurts. (laughs) You know, I mean, it's a very painful sport. Um, but you know, it's, there's something about it that, uh, is uh you know it's compelling i think the team sport aspect and uh you know the 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 highs that you get when you succeed as a team when it all clicks it's it's pretty cool
2: what high school did you go to and did you win any state or city championship
1: sunset high school is where i went to which is in a suburb of portland oregon and um no we didn't win state in football um I guess we were second in state in basketball. Basketball was really my favorite sport, um, but I just wasn't as good in basketball. I mean, it was all state, but I wasn't as good as I was in football. So, uh, you know, things. You were
2: too short at six four to go on to college in <laughs> yeah. basketball. I mean, and I've had friends who were six five, six six, and they're like, "Oh yeah, I was too short to go play yeah, college." Well, I ball. was,
1: I, I you know, I was tall enough to play then. I played a low post. Primarily, you know, I was was still pretty big, you know, I mean, pretty sturdy. So, you know, I played, played in the pivot down there. So,
2: so one of your best high school football memories.
1: Um, you know, one that comes to my mind was we were doing a pursuit angle drill and uh, a young guy that was like a hundred yard dash sprinter, a wide receiver you know, took off with the ball going down the sidelines and I went on my pursuit angle and I tackled him and he was stunned that I could catch him.
2: (laughs) You were fast,
1: but I had very long strides. So anyway, I remember that I was was like, wow, I did that. That was amazing.
2: That's yeah. Your legs come up to about my chin. Um, So high school, who did you get recruited by from college? I know you went to Oregon. I think it was in your DNA with your dad going there. You're from Portland. Yeah.
1: Yeah. There was a lot of that legacy stuff. I mean, the other schools, uh, I think, you know, Oregon state, uh, that would have been tough to switch sides there. And, uh, I, I don't know. It seems like, I think I got offers from Stanford and from Dartmouth, but I figured probably I wasn't that smart. Obviously, I didn't go there, so I wasn't that smart.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Hindsight's 2020. I tell you. That's right. So, Oregon, you signed with them. Was your dad just, like, elated because he went there and you guys were such a duck family?
1: Well, you know, I think that they were just proud that I got a scholarship, but I think that was the big thing was just to, you know, go to school. Yeah. I mean. Were yeah. your
2: parents immigrants, like my grandparents? Uh,
1: my parents' parents were immigrants. Okay. Yeah. Like like our, both I, our grandparents I, were. We're Were born in the United States. Yeah.
2: Well, in that generation that were, you know, came over, they only wanted, and as you did for your kids, I don't have children, but for my nieces and nephews, each generation wants more, sure. especially when you come and immigrate over, and education was so key. Like, my grandfather made sure all of his kids got an education. It was hard.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, and it seemed expensive back then because my parents really didn't have the money for it. And so it was cool that I had a full scholarship.
2: Yeah. Now that, that comes in handy. Let me tell you, I can't imagine sending a kid through college. So talk a little bit about your college career from freshman on up. How did it change from when you first walked on with all the upperclassmen to becoming an upperclassman and one of the leaders of the team?
1: Um. Well, that's that's an interesting question. How did it change? Um, You know, I ended up playing a redshirt year. Um, My my soft. So everybody played frosh football. Nobody played on the varsity as freshmen. So You always had freshman football team, and but you would uh, practice and scrimmage against the varsity as a freshman. Uh, And then my sophomore year. Uh, I was I was uh, always about a year younger than everybody in my class, and they made a decision at that time that it would be a good idea for me to to age another year and kind of fill out, so to speak, because <laughs> I was I clearly had a uh, a, a young, you know, uh, probably in relative terms, you know, uh, little less coordinated that I could be, you know, once I kind of came into my body. And so I didn't play the sophomore year, which was kind of cool, um, from the standpoint that it gave me an opportunity to really, uh, pour it on in terms of my class hours. So I think I did like 20 credits, a, a, a quarter, you know, that sophomore year. So I got way ahead of the curve. Um, you know, in terms of what I had to do for school, yeah. And what what that really did on my fifth year uh, was I, I really didn't have to go to school much at all. Um, and, and you
2: are that smart.
1: You are that smart. Well, I just got ahead of the curve, you know. And and so so what was was cool about it from a football standpoint was that since I didn't really have to go to class my last quarter because I'd already had enough credits to graduate, I ended up kind of just going to the uh, athletic department and, you know, hanging out with the coach, with the offensive line coach and watching film and almost being like an assistant coach, Uh, you know, where my teammates were going to school. And I was there like bearing down on the game plan and and the scouting and so forth. And so that was a, a pretty major difference from when I started as a freshman and coach didn't have much of a clue about anything.
2: I still don't have a clue about much. My freshman year in college, I go, how do you play sports and juggle the academics with the practices and all of that? I didn't have that. And I barely juggled my academics. So
1: and I, I guess a big difference too, was that I was still this lanky kid when I was, you know, my first four years. And after my fourth year, the spring term of my fourth year, going into my fifth, it's kind of my, my final year. Uh, at that point, I started getting the, um, notice from the scouts, the pro scouts that, that they were looking at me. And, you know, my, uh, my, my coaches said, well, you know, you, you ought to beef up a little bit <laughs> for your senior year. And cause you're getting some looks, you know? And so I, uh, I went on a, Massive, you know, kind of weightlifting and eating program. I ended up, you know, stopping by some smorgasbord restaurant where you could, you know, for five bucks, eat all you eat. <laughs> and I would, I would do that. And then I'd go work out with these track guys that were these Olympic track guys that were just monsters in the, uh, in the gym. And I gained about, uh, God, I think I went from 235 to 255. Uh, between this, you know, spring training uh, and my last season. So that was a big difference of, uh, you know, going into that last season with, with, you know, at that time being 6'4", 255 was a pretty big player in college football. And uh, and it also gave me quite a bit of strength, you know, all that strength training. And so um, it was, uh, you know, just in terms of being a player, it, it took me to a different level as far as, Uh, you know, being able to be dominating.
2: And still fast. So it's so different now when they tell someone to beef up or slim down. They have, you know, nutritionists and coaches and all of that. And so I'm assuming did your coach guide you a little bit, but you just decided let's work out with the Olympic track
1: team folks? Um, Well, they just said you ought to, you know, you ought to get some muscle, you know, (laughs) fill out a little bit. And so there was there, I didn't have a strength training coach or, or nutritionist or anything. Like I said, I ended up going to a smorgasbord and just like, you know, scooping it up. And, uh, and it just, uh, I guess the, the, uh, you know, serendipitous move to train with these Olympic guys, I think had more to do with just logistics. There was a YMCA gym that was, you know, a couple blocks from my house. And I don't think there was much going on at you know like the athletic department i mean first of all it was like you know a very different physical plant back then i i mean i i can barely remember what the weight room was like for you know for the athletes there there wasn't that much by comparison which would make sense if you think that these guys that were Olympians in track, like in the shot put shot put in the discus, um, w- weren't training at the school. You know, they were training at the local YMCA. So it's just a different world.
2: Times they have changed.
1: Yeah. yeah. Uh, what
2: what do you use? And I ask this a lot in these podcasts and blogs. What do you use in everyday life that you learned from college ball? Maybe your coaches, just the overall experience. What do you you learn then that you use in everyday life?
1: Well, I mean, I guess, you know, basic things don't quit, <laughs> you know. Um, I mean, the the, the real uh, kind of life-changing experience in that regard was the uh, win that we had uh, against UCLA when, uh, I guess, I think I was a senior, might have been a junior, uh, where we went down to LA and we're playing in the Coliseum. And we were, you know, we were down three touchdowns with, I don't know, I think it was three minutes and 40 seconds to play. And we ended up pulling off the victory and really a a miracle kind of comeback. And that just stayed with me, you know, just just keep showing up (laughs) and something good might happen.
2: Well, yeah. And your teammates uh, from college, are you still close to a few of those guys?
1: Um, You know, yeah, very few. I mean, I'd go back and, you know, go to some, uh, you know, I've gone to games. I went to Utah went to the Oregon, Utah game, you know, two weeks ago. It was painful. Uh, <laughs> but, <laughs> but I, now and then I would go back to Eugene for different, different games. It wasn't something that I did regularly because just logistics were, you know, difficult from here. Uh, yeah. you know, it's not just like drive down for the afternoon, you know, it's a big deal uh so yeah so i mean i've stayed in touch with some guys um and you know a lot of my friends are no longer with us sad to say but it's the way it goes
2: yeah and you're still young
1: yeah yeah but it's a you know that's life
2: yeah no it is it is what about off the field in college i just remember Yes, I was a young sorority girl and I was like, oh, look at and I always loved football. And it's like, here are the football players and this and that. And you know, whether they were their coats around or you just knew who they were. And, you know, that you were, I don't know, back then, but they were still celebrities in college. You played for, you know, back then a Pac-10 12, Pac-10 team. Now it's Pac 12.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I would say I didn't really I mean, other than the fact I guess you wear your Letterman jacket or something like that. But it, I, I don't think even in the pros, it wasn't a celebrity culture. Uh I mean, it, it was very different. And 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 I guess for me too, the thing was that uh I I ended up getting married early. Um and you know, so I didn't I didn't have the kind of the you know, fraternity, single life. I mean, I got married, and you know, after I don't know, it was a year or something, we had a child, and so I was a dad. And I during school. college, huh?
2: During your collegiate career?
1: Yeah, yeah. Yes. So in college, I was like, you know, had a family and had school, and I was, you know, kind of serious about my academics. And so I, I think, you know, for the most part, I just kind of kept my head down. And 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 you know worked at what I needed to work on, and so it just wasn't maybe a a, a life as you would imagine it. <laughs>
2: Not the yeah, I,
1: was, a, a fraternity guy and a ball player, and you know yeah yeah taking PE. And, you
2: know. <laughs> what did you major in? I can't remember. What did you major in?
1: I got my degree in in religious studies, so it was part of the College of. Uh, liberal arts, and it was uh, not a theological uh, discipline, it was comparative religions, you know, secular study of religions. It'd be, you know, kind of like I don't know, studying history or, or you know, a little bit of history mixed in with philosophy, I guess. And it just seemed like, uh, you know, quite frankly, it was something that did not happen by design, it was serendipitous. I was trying to figure out how to fit a class schedule to accommodate my football uh, practice schedule. And I needed to fill some hours and uh, it was like, oh, this looks kind of like an interesting course. You know, I think it was called religions of the world one Oh one. And, and I, and I took that and, and I ended up taking it, you know, through the year. And by the end of the year, I just thought, you know, this is much more interesting than uh, economics where I had to take calculus and <laughs> you know things like that. And, and it seemed uh, it seemed kind of uh, pertinent to the time, which was a very, um, you know, it was this kind of cultural revolutionary time, 60s and the Vietnam War, and you know lots of lots of discord that was, literally going on on campus you know whether it was the you know the Vietnam protests or you know things that were going on you know with racial equality at the time uh I mean literally there were there were uh, you know explosions on the campus and you know battles with policemen and you know, crazy stuff going on. And so for me, I think it was kind of a lot of it was like, hmm, you know, what is it with these people on the other side of the world that are doing what they're doing and thinking what they're thinking? And so to me, it was a, a, a way to try and, you know, kind of broaden my worldview.
2: Well, crazy! I didn't even think of that when you were there. You're playing football. War's going, you know, everything's going on crazy. The protests. That had to be, you know, I don't know if it's added pressure. And then your new dad in college playing football with all that going on in the world. How did you guys manage that and manage your relationship and your football career in college and all that?
1: Well, I I mean, you just go. You just do it. My wife was a registered nurse. She you know, worked at the hospital and surgery and I did my thing and I don't know, we just, just kept the pedal down.
2: <laughs> and my, my parents used to say, we didn't know any better. Yeah,
1: That's just we, what we did. Just do it. You know, Yeah. Just, just go for it. So,
2: well, we're going to take a quick break and I'm going to keep you on. And for next week, and we're going to talk about your pro career, uh, stay tuned for Maria's minute. And then next week, more Tom Turgis. Thanks so much to Tom Druges. Part two next week. And now it's time for Maria's Minute from Las Vegas and the Wrangler National Finals Rodeo. Uh, we talked about giving earlier in the podcast with Trevor. And I just want to share with you two videos that I did here during the Wrangler NFR, one on the Grand Gift Autism Foundation, Ackerman Center, and one on the Golden Circle of Champions. Both links are below, and such fabulous organizations. I'm so lucky to be. Here in Vegas, working a lot, and then you get to cover great stories like these two. Uh, give to them. Give to someone else. It's the holiday season. We should give all year round, whether it's just kindness or financially. So check out these two videos. And next week, I will be back at Grumpy's in Sun Valley with Trevor and part two of Tom Durgis next week. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button. And I'm going to go start my day here at the rodeo. Yeehaw.
0: Thanks again, all